Hello, and welcome to Some Kind of Movie, the podcast we do the least. Although this year, we do all podcasts the least. Um, this is our movie review special where we're going to decide exactly what kind of movie Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi is. I got lost in my sentence there, boys. But who are we? Well, we are Sean Lemmy. John Otney. Colin Westman. Michael Seveny. Matt Kirstens. And that's all of them. That's all the names. That's who we are. And, um, you know, it's gotten to the point now where every year we look forward to the, the big Star Wars release around Christmas time. And I gotta say, I really liked this one. Uh, should we just go around and, and say uh, kind of our, our opening thoughts on The Last Jedi? Okay, yeah, I'll go. Um, no, I really liked it, and I didn't really have, like, high expectations. I was really, like, just worn down by the advertising going into it. So I was just like, uh, and then I watched part of Force Awakens again, and I'm still not sure how I feel about Force Awakens, but no, I, I really liked this one. I was really surprised. I was into it. And uh, I guess we'll get, we'll get into what the uh, the fans, quotations, think about it. Colin? Yeah, I liked it as well. I think something I appreciate about it is i go to a lot of these superhero and big budget action movies and i feel like a lot of times they're kind of pulling their punches because like oh we gotta save stuff for the next movie we're not gonna like (laughs) quite satisfy you but this movie like did i feel like satisfied everything that got set up in the force awakens in and yeah I i just couldn't have asked for a better star wars experience even though I usually don't even think about such things, but <laughs> I, yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I really liked it as well, and I think I'm kind of coming from the same place as far as uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> caring about the uh, <laughs> that experience. I'm uh, I went into it w- uh, more excited than I was for uh, the previous two because I'm a fan of Ryan Johnson, and I think both as uh, a filmmaker and from what I've heard, his kind of. Uh, his interpretation of what Star Wars is, what it means. I, I going into it, I thought, okay, this might be my guy to make a good uh, Star Wars movie. And sure enough, not only do I think it was uh, Matt's uh, falling out some stairs right now, and I'm really <laughs> concerned about him. So I think I'm just gonna uh, close it off here, and uh, we'll check in with him and say I really liked it. <laughs> I thought it. Okay. I thought it was like the worst movie I've ever seen. I mean, it was bad, but I didn't think it was going to be that bad. Hmm. <laughs> oh, do you tell? It's just so bad. Oh, yeah? What was like, so bad about it, right? It's just like, I'm not going to tell you what's so bad. It's just like the <laughs> worst thing I've ever seen. Like, the plot doesn't even make sense, right? It doesn't make, nothing makes sense. See, like, going into this movie, I had a lot, for two years, I had thought up exactly what I wanted it to be, and it wasn't like that, so I just hate it. <laughs> like we don't even know what Snoke is, right? Like what is that? Even? What is it? Who you know? I know who he is because I you know came up with it myself. But you know, Ryan Johnson <laughs> didn't really care, so he can go fuck himself. Okay, it's weird that we're already two movies into the sequel trilogy, and Sebulba's nowhere to be found. <laughs> I need answers. I need Sebulba answers. But right, yeah, so we got. I yeah. really, I really liked it. So. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we have a lot to unload. Uh, Sean, I know you had a couple notes, but they're mostly like uh, talking points for you to go off on. Well, yeah, I mean, 
uh, I mean, Nancy, you just said that like there, people aren't being specific about what they dislike about the movie, and and I guess we're just going straight into the controversy before we talk about why we like it. I mean, I, I guess good. I it lets us save spoilers for the end. I guess spoilers for everything. Yeah. I haven't seen the movie yet, but I want to see what some kind of movie has to say about Last <laughs> Jedi. Um, this is a, a spoiler safe place. I, 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 I feel like the two spoiler dangerous place you mean. Da- I don't know what the, what the <laughs> is it spoiler uh, dangerous two spoilers. Is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I um, bet it's safe to spread spoilers around in this space. But I, I think the main complaint is what Nancy was saying about it's like I created a movie in my head and it wasn't that and therefore I'm upset. Uh, but the other two things I'm seeing are people don't like what they're calling plot holes and people don't like comedy. I haven't... I, I've seen that plot hole thing, but I can't off the top of my head think of any drastic plot holes. Yeah, for me it's a thing where, like, I can believe there are plot holes there, but if I'm suspending my disbelief enough that, like, it all tracks for me and I'm not noticing it in a really... Yeah, there's no, there's no huge, like... This doesn't make any sense. Uh, if, if it's not taking you out of the movie, yeah. I, I don't really consider it a plot hole. Which is why I started writing down a list of what I would consider plot holes <laughs> by the standard that I think people are holding The Last Jedi to for the original trilogy. Um, for example, first Star Wars movie. There's a scene where R2-D2 and C-3PO are in an escape pod, and they show that a gunner on the Star Destroyer has locked onto it and they tell him not to fire on it because there are no life forms in the drop pod. So, Sean, that, as you do this, do you want me to tell you why these things happen? <laughs> yeah. So, at least like, if, obviously, if know, to me, I'll that's know. a plot hole because they shoot lasers. There's no such thing as ammo, right? Like, what are they talking about? Plus, they're trying to, like, make sure nothing gets away from that ship. So, why are they letting that happen? Especially in the context of what Rogue One added, it seems insane that they would just let that pod go, right? So basically, that guy that says that, he hates doing paperwork. And when you shoot, when you blow something up, you have to like fill out a shit ton of paperwork. And so, so there's a story uh, in from a certain point of view about all about that guy goes to like his buddy, one of his like poker but or sabak buddies, and is all like, <laughs> you know, oh, you got to help me like get around this because I didn't fire on that thing, and I'm pretty sure people are gonna, you know catch me because I'm lazy and didn't want to fill out paperwork. So that's that. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Do you have to fill out paperwork every time you fire a laser? Apparently you have to fill it's out It's like paperwork. a cop shooting their gun, but lasers. There's like hundreds of those. Yeah, I know. But apparently it's like a big deal. Or maybe for this special laser cannon. Oh, for the, the gunners specifically. Yeah. Or like if you That makes sense. Up. See, that makes sense. There you go. <laughs> we got it. Fun thing. But yeah, I totally understand where you're coming from. There's like... It, but he, here's, I'll let you keep going, Sean, and then I'll I'll say something. I don't know. I feel like this will take forever if I actually go through well, my whole list. How many do you have? I have three pages of three pages. <laughs> Maybe just hit on a couple ones that are really burning. Yeah. Okay. I think like the most burning. Well, okay. In the in the context of con, in the contest, the context of continuity, <laughs> uh, I think it's bizarre, and people will be very upset today that Han Solo doesn't believe in the Force because he was born before the Republic fell. Like, Jedis were alive when he was born. How could he not believe in the Force? 
I think it might be because he says uh, hokey religions don't mean shit to me or whatever. But that might just be like, yeah, you know, you can move some stuff around. I don't, I'm an atheist. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, it's not. He's just he's just being a dick. Nancy, your rebuttal. I, I agree with Michael. I mean, I, I think to a certain extent, it's and there's plenty of. Uh, I mean, they explore this a lot in canon about how. You know, there's tons and tons of diversity in the universe, and everyone has their own point of view about what they believe in and what they do. And, and you know, for most of Han Solo's life, he was not hanging out in surrounded by Jedi. Maybe when he was a tiny kid or something. Like, you know, if, if you're to say he's 10 years older than, than Luke, then I guess he was 10 when the Jedi Purge happened. So, it's, I don't know. I can you, buy that people are skeptical of the Force. You an EU guy, my man? Hmm. Like expanded universe. <laughs> oh, I'm 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 too deep in to get out. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the way? Yeah, but answer me this one, Nancy. When the stormtroopers are shooting at Luke and Han and Leia, they jump into the garbage chute, and then they just stop. They stop looking for them. They just all oh, they're dead. They jumped in the garbage chute. <laughs> What's up with that? <laughs> Yeah, I was, uh, I was, that's the exact question I had this time around when I watched A New Hope last week. I was like, I mean, they don't stop looking for him, I guess, but you think they would go directly to the door. Mm-hmm. Like, they have this huge, like, when they get out, and they, and it's like, well, why do they take off their Stormtrooper uniforms and just keep Sorry. the belts? Like, why don't you just keep it on? Because <laughs> you can't like, see in those things. I guess, but, like, wouldn't you have, like, a, like, oh, look, we caught the princess, like... Going down the hallway, you think you'd have a better shot at. No, we're just gonna keep our belts on because they got sweet ropes in them. <laughs> you think it'd be in? But yeah, yeah. There's there's lots of examples of how Star Wars is horrible. <laughs> yeah, but the point is, like, you don't really question it at the time because it's entertaining and like emotionally it makes sense and dramatically it makes sense. Right. Like. The, the reason they don't look for them is because you need a break before the next chase scene. Yeah, exactly. So that they can kind of get to know each other a little bit. Why like didn't they just make... arrest them and kill them? And then the movie would be over. <laughs> yeah. So, so one, one of the things I, I have... Do you have any examples of what people are calling plot holes in The Last Jedi? I, I mean, there's a ton of people that are complaining about the, the whole concept of the Resistance fleet staying just out of range of the uh, First Order fleet. I was thinking about that, too, on the second viewing. Um, but, I mean, they could make up any fucking thing about, like, how sublight engines work or some bullshit. <laughs> you know, it's like... If you tell me that, you know, they're they're out of range and they're staying out of range and the First Order probably could i don't know scoot up a little bit or something but they're <laughs> the whole first order arrogance of just hanging back and letting them fall out of, you know run out of gas and just blowing the hell out of them i think they their own hubris has a you know certain you know they're digging it just slowly killing them <laughs> I love it when people try to Neil deGrasse Tyson nitpick fictional technologies. <laughs> well, especially in fucking Star Wars. Like, yeah. the, the moment there's giant explosions with sounds in space and fire, 
it's fucking it's fantasy it's not it has nothing to do with science just because it's in space it's not science fiction at all like why don't people complain about lord of the rings science because <laughs> uh, it doesn't take place on earth or neither, does it it's great here also i just like the idea of like when people compile everything wrong with blah 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 mm. and like they'll do like the physics of mad max or whatever or even just the plot of mad max try to find like a plot hole it's like, oh, congratulations, you beat the movie. Like that, that's how you engage with art. Yeah, <laughs> it's you just like you win. You it. win. <laughs> you know, I think people like to think that they understand every single nook and cranny of this entire universe, and then when they're given new information, they're like, "No, I know what it already is." Something that I was seeing a lot of people complaining about are the new applications to the Force. In this case, Luke being able to project his whole body to another mm. planet, and also a big one, Leia kind of going through space. People really, really hate that. And granted, when I first saw that, I was like, that's a little weird. But it's like, there's so much about the Force that we don't really yeah. know. Those are So all, why can't we do that? Like, why those, can't you float around? Those are, all, the- those are all the parts of the movie that I loved. Like, mm-hmm, it's I so agree. fun to explore new Force things. It's like, you know, like the Emperor, no one never saw Force Lightning before Return of the Jedi. And nobody mm-hmm. was like... Nobody was was on like my, <laughs> that was on my list. Yeah. Force <laughs> Lightning, that's not in the rules. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, oh my god, just in, like, Even you know, it, I had some problems here and there with, like, I didn't, I didn't necessarily love the, the visual of Leia floating through space, it looked kind of funky, like she was like a witch or something, you know, <laughs> but like, I, 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 I love the concept of seeing Leia use the Force, and, and, you know, like, I, I, I read a review today that kind of, they, they liked the fact that they don't think it's like some force power. They think it's just Leia like willing herself like she's not done yet. She she needs to survive this instance, so she's just gonna will herself to the it's not something she had to train for, you know, it's just something that she reached down and used or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's I think it's so unfortunate. Like it, it's it made me so sad again to think about the fact that she's dead. Yeah. Because like it seems so clear that the next movie would have been look here is a force user who's not a jedi who's also the leader of the resistance she would have i think been like the main character of the of episode nine yeah and that's really sad and it and i i agree with you 100 percent. but i also feel i don't i feel like leia i don't know i feel like her character was resolved as much as it possibly could be like, I don't feel like it's necessary to recast or do anything, you know? Oh, of course They not. could just no. say that she died in the crawl. She. I, I don't even think they have to say, I think they could do... It's, like, years later, and yeah. we're, like, we're on orders from Leia. Like, someone can say that, and that's enough for me. Okay, yeah. yeah. Am I right but, in thinking that Carrie Fisher didn't shoot any scenes for Episode Nine? Like, there's yeah, no... No, no. Okay. They had, Remember, they, they just changed directors. Oh, yeah, directors. they had to change directors. Yeah. They haven't even written a script. <laughs> oh, they don't have a script yet? JJ like made his pitch to Bob Iger like two days ago or something. <laughs> so and Ryan Johnson has no hand in the story for episode nine. Nope. I'm I, I'm sure he could be there to consult. And that's one of the weird things about this trilogy is is I feel like from The Force Awakens to Episode Eight is so you can very much tell that one director. And writer wrote that Force Awakens and made it, 
and then said, okay, here you go. Do whatever you care about, you know, and Ryan Johnson did exactly what he wanted to do. Yeah. And like, I was reading a thing about how he was like, you know, he was there watching dailies and doing all that stuff and, you know, writing and rewriting on the set of the force awakens. But like, he wasn't asking JJ, like what, you know, what should I do next? Like JJ doesn't care. And so Ryan's just doing his own thing. And, and that's, I think one of the problems is things that Ryan had a set of priorities and things that mattered to him. And those did not line up with what other people cared about. Cause he, he's writing the script prior to anybody asking who are Ray's parents or prior to asking who, where did Snoke come from? You know, right. it's mm-hmm. prior to the public outcry for these things, which I thought was pretty interesting. Didn't I hear a story at some point that he had done a, a like a light rewrite, I think to put more Poe into it because that character ended up being a lot more popular than anyone thought would he would be. Maybe. Well, I know that Poe was originally supposed to die, like, you know, in the crash on Jakku. Like, he wasn't... Mm. But then Oscar Isaac's like, no, please, don't kill me. <laughs> and then they had to explain to him, no, it's just a movie. We, we won't actually kill you. <laughs> you're not going to die on an alien planet. Oscar Isaac's an idiot. People don't know that. Yeah, <laughs> people don't understand how dumb he is. <laughs> no, but like, like I was saying, I, I think under the worst possible circumstance that happened with Carrie Fisher I feel like Leia herself is resolved to me like you know she she got to meet Luke meet up with Luke you know she got to she she had closure with Kylo she said that hey you know I understand you're not here to turn him he's gone you know and and kind of I feel like where they left off with her I don't need more of her I think it's a very sad thing, obviously, and uh, you know, a very small side effect of the passing of Carrie Fisher in the grand scheme of things is that you know she won't be able to appear in the final chapter of this trilogy. But at the same time, nobody watches movies in a vacuum, and I think if an audience goes in aware of the fact that Carrie Fisher will not be reprising her role, they can still address that in a narrative sense, even with that circuit not being quite closed with that character. I think they'll be able to do it in a way that's organic and uh, true to both the story overall and to uh, Carrie Fisher's legacy. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I just, I'm not, yeah, like, I was really worried going into this that, like, it would be some cliffhanger with Carrie Fisher, you know? And like, Wait, like she's in a coma. Yeah, or she's like, you know, Ray, I'm going to teach you all about this next time. <laughs> Something like that. But it, but I felt like it, it wrapped up as as best as it possibly could and they said that they didn't change anything about her story in that movie yeah speaking of comas that's one of the little motifs in the movie that i thought was interesting was that every character in the movie uh goes into a coma there's a waking up and falling asleep uh reoccurring thing a lot of things happen while someone is asleep whether it be you know kylo ren sleeping and waking up to see luke Finn waking up and, and being disoriented. You see uh, um, Benicio del Toro. He wakes and you know, basically, yeah. There's this whole awakening thing. Much. I like think Poe does it too. Yeah, Poe does as well. <laughs> yeah, there's that's the whole. I think there's uh, kind of a throw line going through uh, the movie. That's that. I feel like the idea of something uh, a spark being ignited. That that's uh, mentioned multiple times. Uh, you know the idea of a sun rising of heat you know there's the the throne room catching on fire there's the lightning burning down the 
the Jedi text, there's this whole thing of like uh, sort of scorched earth and then something rising from that. And I think you can kind of look at that as uh, in a metatextual sense, you know, uh, Han's gone and Luke's gone, not just within the story, but within Star Wars, what we're consuming, you know, the old is gone. And Jedi's are gone. Jedi, yeah, (laughs) precisely, you know. And so, I mean, I think there's, uh, if one of the ideas behind the sequel trilogy is, you know, this is... uh, this is the legacy uh, of of the story that has already occurred. Uh, I think this one kind of delivers on the promise of what I was hoping for as soon as uh, we found out that George Lucas had sold the rights to Disney and that there were going to be new Star Wars movies. You know that it's true to it's true to Star Wars, whatever whatever that means. But it is uh, it's a new thing. People are are getting handed the reins, and then within the world of the movie, you see that you know with the the kids in the stables on that casino planet at the end and at the last shot of the movie is a kid looking up in the sky and it's not about the skywalker uh dynasty so much anymore it's about how anybody <laughs> is part of this how uh mm. it, there's that nice little thing with the revelation and instead of the middle chapter being uh you know i am your father it's your parents don't matter you shouldn't be a part of this you know it's like a I, it's just really interesting, and I think that's uh, I, I give a lot of credit to that to Ryan Johnson. I think he did something I would say almost subversive with this, and yet at the same time, it's more Star Wars than any Star Wars has been in quite some time. I love that sense of moving ahead. One of my favorite instances was the first time we see Luke. He's handed his lightsaber, and he fucking chucks it. Fuck yeah! It's like we're done with this. We're moving on. <laughs> Fuck this. We're all that Jedi shit. We're gonna fucking burn it. Okay, so that stuff sucks. We're moving on. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Luke is a really good example of what Michael's saying about, you know, he's he just like, he's the one saying, like, I don't matter, you know, like, get away from me, like, everyone thinks I'm a legend, but I screwed everything up, like, it's not about anybody, it's not about anything, just leave me alone. What did everybody... It's so, it's so gross how he drank the milk, though. Oh. <laughs> that was so stupid, plot hole. <laughs> oh, he's got to get his calcium, man. <laughs> that was probably my favorite thing in the movie, just how fucking weird it is. Hell yeah. <laughs> I was like... But what I want to know, uh, just probably jumping ahead, but what were everybody's thoughts on Broom Kid? I liked him. I, I liked the. I, I really, you know, like I said, I think that represents, uh, you know, kind of a, a little thematic uh, undercurrent that I think is going through all these movies. Yeah. And, uh, I, I was a little touched, honestly. Yeah, I, I like it too. Yeah. I like the sense of introducing other people, moving on in other directions. This this universe is bigger than the Skywalker family. It's nice to see us finally getting to that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the implication of the last movie being called The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Right. And what they're saying in this one is that. Like, like all these people all over the galaxy are becoming force sensitive uh, it's not just because Ray's the chosen one because they've already done a chosen one story <laughs> and that's over we're moving on yeah, it's, it's great it's beyond the idea of a chosen one it's beyond the idea of you know this uh, and and that chosen one motif is also echoed in Poe's storyline yeah. where he keeps thinking well I'll just, I'll just do the badass hotshot thing and save the day <laughs> And everyone's like, no, that's yeah. stupid as hell. You'll get your, everyone killed. Oh, Mike, how great, by the way, speaking of, is A, Laura Dern, and B, that scene of Laura Dern and Leia saying, may the force be with you to each other. <laughs> My goodness. How that's wonderful. So, uh, and that's, uh, uh, you, you were talking about 
the audience having their their meta knowledge of what's going on and you know obviously that scene is a farewell to laura dern but god it feels so much like a farewell to carrie fisher for sure Mm -hmm. And how that dedication to our prince? Uh, oh my goodness, my my gosh! But should have said to our general. Ah, oh. yeah. sorry, Ryan. As far as Broomkid for me, I, I what you guys are saying is is so spot on. But but I I definitely I it was a little bit jarring the first time I saw, and most of it was jarring. And I am embarrassed to say stuff like this, but it's like I really struggled the first time. Not that I didn't like it, not that I didn't like anything that happened, but it was more like I went home thinking, you know, am I going to care about this stuff after this movie as much as I have, you know? Because I've been, like, so wrapped up in not the nostalgia, but just, like, I wanted to know all about Luke. I wanted to know, you know, what he's been doing for 30 years. I want to know what he's going to do in this movie. And, like... I thought when when they showed him on the rock levitating, I was like, oh, he's not dead. Yay, he's going to be in the next one a lot. And so it's just this, it's a battle for, like, you know, like Sean says, you know, whatever he says about nostalgia is a sick poison or something. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> <That's>, yeah, man. <laughs> like what are the exact words, Sean? Uh, it, okay, I should admit it comes it's from... It's a toxic impulse, it comes from I John believe. Hodgman. He's the oh. one who created that phrase. Okay. Mm. So yeah, but and it is—it's definitely a toxic impulse, <laughs> and it's definitely what we've been getting for the last three years. And me, as as someone that enjoys Star Wars this much, it, it's definitely a guilty pleasure to have things like that. And so when I got home and I'm thinking of you know like oh do I really do I really want a, a bunch of more little kids running around you know that I don't care about. <laughs> <laughs> but but on the second viewing it was I overall I had a much better time because I wasn't so fucking like nervous about what was happening and <laughs> analyzing everything and you know do I like this do I like that oh I don't know about this you know, you know. how many times have you seen it just twice pussy just kidding <laughs> should have seen it every day this weekend <laughs> but the second time I just I just let it all flow over me and I was just now I'm now I'm excited for for what's coming next. As long as we don't totally. actually have six year olds, I'll be you know if we can jump ahead like ten years and that, that'll be good. Yeah, I, I it's great that they have so many opportunities to take it in whatever direction they want to, uh, because I, I think it takes a Ryan Johnson to say that like these dangling threads you gave me, I'm gonna pick up the ones I like and I'm gonna cut off the ones I don't. And I don't. J.J. Abrams probably isn't the guy to do that, but you know they they gave him exactly what he needs to make a great movie. I yeah. think. Yeah. And great. I think I think this is going to be really good for J.J. Abrams to to see Ryan Johnson make such a ballsy movie, and I think that's going to inspire him to take more <laughs> risks himself. Do you think that? Yeah, I do, and it's, and I also think J.J. Abrams is exactly the wrong guy to settle cliffhangers. So the fact that there basically aren't any is fantastic. Yeah, and 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 people always talk about that J.J. Abrams can't close things, but he never really tries to. Mm-hmm. So he never really attempts it. It's just not his thing. But I think I think you know from you know he came out. There was reports that he was pissed that he wasn't directing episode eight because he loved Ryan Johnson's script so much. You know. Mm-hmm. And, and thank God he didn't. I would only want Ryan Johnson to direct that script. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's. 
I'm, I'm excited for episode nine just from a standpoint of seeing if he can do it. And sure. it is the safe choice, but I think JJ will be inspired to, to, to live up to Ryan Johnson as a director. Is there anyone else who could have directed episode nine at this point that like Disney would have felt safe choosing Ron Howard. <laughs> and uh, I was going to add on, and it actually be good. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Yeah, oh. that's that's harder. I don't that's know. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, even like Ryan Johnson at this point doesn't seem Hal like Hartley, <laughs> Denis Villeneuve, but have to be R-rated. Ooh, yeah, maybe. Even though like Blade Runner kind of under. He's knee deep in Dune now. Knee deep. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> These Dude, are the dudes. When you're man. an A-list yeah. director, you're knee deep in Dune, man. Yeah. I love that J.J. Abrams has a challenge. It should be a challenge. It shouldn't just be like, oh, we got a couple threads. We're just gonna kind of limp them along. Because I think about how like, like I would say probably the one, the one that I was initially disappointed, but on, but now I don't care is Snoke. It's like, what is Snoke? Why is he so fucking tall? What is the deal with that guy? And then he's just fucking dead. But it's like the fact that they just killed him proves to me that like. You know, they probably just killed him because they didn't have anything in mind. Like, we can all speculate about what Snoke was, but I don't think they had plans for what he was supposed to be, so they, so they just killed him. I or love they killed that. him because it was awesome. It was cool. I, I never that saw so that much. coming. I was like, Snoke, he's the main bad guy. These new movies, fucking dead. That's Off great. That's so good because that's, again, it's the whole, you know, it's like this kill the mythology, kill the... It's it's just, yeah. Kill the Snoke. Yeah, he's a red herring. It's <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I was certainly expecting the two pieces of his body to somehow get smushed <laughs> yeah. back together and he'd be like, I'm fine because that's just the way it always is. Cop. <laughs> Something like that. But I was like, oh, whoa. He's, yeah, he's I mean, really dead. I was, yeah, I was a little bit disappointed, like, at first. But then, and then I was like, "Oh man, I really hope Ray doesn't like join him or some bullshit." But, mm-hmm. but like as as soon as I realized like this is to set up Kylo Ren to be the ultimate bad guy, and like this is a journey of his growth and you know and his finally you know because before this I was like, "Oh, are they gonna redeem him?" And it looked like they were trying to you know, but but as soon as I realized this is this is more about ryan johnson realizing how cool kylo kylo ren is as a character and how you know i'm totally satisfied with him now being the supreme leader i think that's awesome snokers will come back with robot legs though i'm seeing a lot of people already trying to come up with theories to fix the things that happened like luke doesn't necessarily have to be dead he can he can just because he vanished he could still be alive i mean he's not he vanished because he became a force ghost. like he's mark hamill is going to be in star wars episode nine right yeah okay. well like, he can come back as like normal though <laughs> and he, but here's the other thing like we saw Yoda fucking light up that tree as a force ghost so we know now that force ghosts can have you know tangible effects on the galaxy so we can oh yeah see. I remember Return of the Jedi Obi-Wan needed to sit down yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I also okay so the Yoda scene is um, maybe the I think the throne room scene is the best scene in the movie I think the Yoda scene is the second best scene in the movie because to me, that was such a, like, a, a, that was the period at the end of their sentence, which is that, like, mythology should die, and that's the right course. Because it's not Luke, it's not a conflicted, scared Luke that blows up that tree. It's Yoda, and in his totally clear, like, enlightened, like, post-Digabah, goofy Yoda, he's like, this has got to go. Luke, you're right about everything, except you you stopped, and you, did, you needed to keep working on it. Uh, it was... I was, uh, I was I was I was so surprised by it because I just it never occurred to me 
that anyone else from the original trilogy would be showing up again. And it, oh, it was fantastic. I agree. I think it, uh, that was when you, the camera uh, reveals Yoda. I, I did get that uh, tinge of excitement that I assume all these guys get whenever they see a spaceship. They're like, Wah! like Because for, <laughs> for, for me, not only was it just that reappearance of Yoda, which I did not expect myself to have that reaction but boy i was really excited uh but then what the the purpose of that scene uh to have ryan johnson have yoda be the one to verbalize you know uh you know, it's such a great line that i don't remember at all but that you know the they outgrow the masters that yeah you know, that's the way uh that's like that's their burden right that exactly yeah. that, that's uh i think that's just uh perfect that might that may very well be my uh well, that and, you know, Luke uh, d- doing the dirt off your shoulder. Motion, <laughs> but, yeah. yeah that, that scene was... Echo everything Michael said. It's just like... Just to have him... And, and I, I saw another quote about, you know, this is... Star Wars has always been about growing up, you know. And this is the first one to kind of also be about growing old and, and what it means for the Masters. Cause, and I love Yoda almost telling Luke that, you know, there is a try. <laughs> you know, not every not everything I said was right either, you know. And right. So, like, you know, you need to keep going and, and, and just because you fail, you know, just doesn't mean uh, you shouldn't try again. <laughs> I almost want to think that Ryan Johnson wrote that for himself, just that he could know, like, listen... I'm doing some kind of some new things uh, formally and narratively with this. Uh, it's not, you know, George, George Lucas <laughs> wouldn't necessarily have done it this way. I'm gonna have flashbacks <laughs> and stuff. Ray's gonna snap and see her reflection in this weird kind of surreal sequence. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'm gonna, he's he's burning down the the Jedi texts of uh, how you're supposed to do Star Wars. I don't know. Has a Star Wars movie ever used flashbacks? Rogue One did, but Rogue One's also outside of the yeah, saga. So it's not <laughs> well, there's like the freaky dreams that were sort of flashbacks in Force Awakens. Well, no, the they were they're just visions. I guess they weren't yeah. flashbacks. That's the for like this is something for the audience. The audience like it's not with mm-hmm. you know right. Honestly, I don't even remember the one in Rogue One. I just saw it a few days ago. <laughs> There's like a that when they she I, I guess it's more of a dream. She's dreaming of of them on Coruscant and when she's oh a yeah, kid. she's like a little kid. Yeah, yeah. They go to bed. Right. Yeah. All right. So Luke fucking dead. How do we feel about the tra- trajectory of Rey? Because I've heard a lot of people say that she's like the worst character ever. <laughs> yeah, but who do you see saying that? <laughs> Look at the Reddit comment history of every guy who's Morpheus sixty nine. <laughs> like I've saw, I saw people like when she goes and sees like the um uh, you know that goes into the pit and there's like the, the the mirror glass things. It's like I think that means that she's a clone. <laughs> oh my <Wow>. god! <laughs> <laughs> Let me take the most literal definition of, of the <laughs> See, that's the thing. That's the like. It is the most literal definition, and I can't think of any bigger stamp of approval for this movie than those guys thinking it's the worst Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna pause it and count the number of rays and build build a theory on what you know. 
Oh, the 53 Rays. That's new. <laughs> like, they're all featured in different scenes. Like, this is Ray 27. Like, yeah. She seems a little off in this scene. That must be Ray 69. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think what things... I mean, because these, these fans are having uh, such trouble articulating so- themselves. I'm trying to think what changes in this story could have been made for them to, l- to like it. I guess stuff like Luke not dying, Snoke not dying. I just think dying. this comes... To like this idea where, like, if someone doesn't like something, it doesn't have anything to do with the actual thing that they don't <laughs> like. It has to do more with like their expectations of what they wanted going in, and sort of their preconceived notions of how like they wanted it to make them feel. And when it's not, they they latch on to certain little like totally superfluous things like that don't matter at all and they're like no that's it that's terrible but it's like one one of the top threads on reddit yesterday was how can you drop bombs out of a spaceship like what gravity (laughs) are you talking about it's like you clearly just didn't like the overall vibe that the movie was going for and so you nitpick at things that don't matter at all like that bomb thing is like doesn't make yes it's not a real movie. Like it's not a real thing. Like no one says that about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> you really got to be in your bonnet well, about Lord of the okay, Rings. Okay, I will say that people do complain a lot about Lord of the Rings because there's like, why don't the eagles just fly everyone straight to Mount Doom? Well, yeah, that's true, but they're not saying like eagles can't fly that fast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know that's my biggest problem with Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and everyone fucking smells like shit. You don't know that. I I can I can smell it. I bet the elves smell pretty good. Come oh on. yeah, the, I would be an elf. Elves are they're just like fucking. Yeah. Anyways, we're getting out to Mister Cleans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as far as the expectations, like you can't totally blame that. Like, obviously, there is. The fact that they will put out toys of, like, Captain Phasma and, like, Rose's sister. <laughs> and they're going to be like, well, clearly they're important characters that I should already worship before the movie comes out. Uh, I just feel like they're watching the movie in their heads before yeah. they see it. And when it's not the thing that they saw <laughs> previously in their heads, it's like, ooh, gotta find something to hate about this. <laughs> and yeah. that's, I don't want to say that's how I felt, but I definitely, like, the first time I watched it, like, I've been looking forward to this so much, and I don't really speculate that much or anything, but but just the whole time I'm watching it, I'm, like, it's such a bizarre experience to watch a Star Wars movie for the very first time. <laughs> like, it's almost like it's not real. I don't know if that makes any sense. But no, it's just that, like, I, I get you. That makes sense. Yeah, like, because like, I've seen the other ones so many times like when i'm watching it i'm i'm watching it like so hard <laughs> and i can't <laughs> it's like un, it's uncomfortable and i just can't like de- i can't deal oh. with it and i i saw i heard a lot of people saying like oh if you watch it a second time it's like way better and i'm like how could that be but it totally what i was totally relaxed and i was totally like just taking it all in and even the parts that i didn't really like the first time oh, we can get into like the canto bite stuff but it worked way better the second time just because I wasn't thinking ahead. I'm not thinking, you know, oh, is, you know, am I going to see a green lightsaber? Or am I going to see this or that? You know, I'd love to know what stuff that from an initial viewing, you're like, that doesn't seem right. I would love to get into that and know. 
Um, yeah, maybe maybe talking about how you got over it can help other people. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, the one thing I I didn't I didn't I wasn't in love with Rose as much as everybody seems to be. I and the whole the whole kind of Finn and Rose story was kind of take it or leave it for me. Um, visually, I didn't really like that horse chase scene. I thought it looked kind of crappy. Um, and and like at the end of but the one the biggest thing I changed my mind about was um, just kind of towards the end of the uh, the DJ stuff and they get caught and everyone's you know it just like nothing worked about it. I was like, well, what was the point of that? But on the second viewing, I'm I'm thinking, well, yeah, it would kind of be boring if every thread worked out perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> like nothing about that plan went right, and I kind of admire that writing. You know, like I, uh, just just because something doesn't go right doesn't mean it's useless in the movie. Sure, I uh, I think I that was the first thing I saw that people had a negative reaction to was that whole thread of the movie, both with the uh, relationship between Finn and Rose and that whole sequence on the planet. Uh, personally, I like that a lot. I think specifically because it was so new, both. Uh, visually and just as sort of uh an angle for star wars the it gets into the kind of the economics of uh, the sort of I, I guess you know you can you can get into uh the whole thing that he sort of uh gives finn his noam chomsky lecture about how both sides they're kind of playing off both sides of the mm-hmm. of the war here and and you know i i actually kind of I, I liked how that was integrated quite a bit um and you know i can i can cert- it's just subjectively i i liked that whole that whole thread for what it did to star wars as a larger thing and also just kind of the uh, visceral experience of the you know that chase sequence I thought was really well staged and as far as Finn and Rose go they're just so goddamn cute I, I like that so much I think uh, I think Autumn was complaining that somebody like snickered when they kissed because she was like what what they no <laughs> and I was like yeah no that was I like that yeah you know Leia kissed Luke because he was gonna swing over where a bridge wasn't yeah and that's my favorite scene in any movie is uh, when they, Luke and Leia kiss. <laughs> I love that. That's my. I think that's what Star Wars is all about. I gotta say, they they should have done another take of that kiss. It was kind of a weak. Yeah, it was maybe it's because she's dying, but that's yeah, just giving yeah. a little, you know, just a little kiss, just like a little, just a little, yeah, just a little peck. You know, you know how it is. Also, before we get too far from it, I really like the weird horse thing. Chase. Yeah. What I liked about it is that part where they're in the tall grass and there's like spotlights and moonlights. And like it just like it was like it was like Lost World meets ET. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> I love Casino Plan. It was one of my favorite parts of the movie because it was so like new to me. Like I was like I could never imagine that in Star Wars, but I totally can. I I was right by the way. I saw on Twitter Ryan Johnson. He responded to a fan uh, who asked if the the pushing was uh, uh, an homage to Wings. Mm-hmm. The, and he said yeah, yeah, and that's great. That's like what Star Wars should always be about. Is like throwbacks and homages like to his influences like samurai films or old yeah. noir whatever you know drawing from old stuff and that's what yeah. ryan johnson did is he, he drew from certain scenes and movies and stuff that he likes to pull it in and make star wars something new instead of just pulling from pre-existing star wars movies yeah i completely <laughs> agree and i would say that uh george lucas uh with the originals and the prequels uh and you know Ir- irvin kershner and richard marquand who mm-hmm. kind of i think were uh 
I don't know the the, the Toby Hoopers of the <laughs> of those movies. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think George Lucas he had those uh, his interest in old film with John Ford uh, and David Lean and Kurosawa, and then his interest in the Joseph Campbell monomyth and his inf- interests in different religions and all this kind of it, it all was filtered through him. And I feel like what Ryan Johnson has done with this. Uh, that J.J. Abrams and Gareth Edwards haven't done, whether they're just not equipped to do it or whether they choose not to do it, is uh, do the same thing, not necessarily with the same influences, although I think they have overlap, but just make a movie that draws from all these things and puts it through his unique lens. And I think that's what made this feel like a Star Wars movie, even as The Force Awakens and Rogue One are more literally drawing from Star Wars. Mm-hmm. The fact that this doesn't draw from Star Wars, but draws from things and goes, I feel like that makes it more of a Star Wars movie and a better movie. Yeah, totally. People will say this is the best directed Star Wars movie, and I don't really like know what that <laughs> means, per se. <laughs> in a, in, especially in a franchise that's so laden with special effects and editing fixes and uh you know memorable scores like i don't i don't i don't know necessarily what directing means in that context from from an audience's point of view who has no idea what the production was really like i think it's more i think it's more on the the writing side of just him coming up with the casino idea and uh, stuff like that uh i I guess just yeah Ryan Johnson's camera compositions are always uh, really strong. I feel like this and like Brick and Brothers Bloom, you can like a lot of them are just like they're dynamic, but also just yeah. I feel like that actually enhanced the fact that Michael and I and Autumn had shitty seats when we went to go see this. <laughs> we saw it like very far to the left side of the theater, so we're at like a very odd angle. Like when the text scroll comes up, it looks like it's all veering off to the right. Yeah. <laughs> but then there's some very dynamic wide shots and just opening kind of Dutch angles and stuff. Yeah. Like, wow, it worked. It was <laughs> really cool to be sitting in shitty seats. That's the way to see Star Wars. <laughs> like, Whoa, you see the whole thing at an angle. When Kylo Ren and, and Luke are like facing off and Luke's weight is to the far right like that felt like it felt so fucking cool because we had to like look over this <laughs> but no yeah i think directing it's so many things it's it's hard to, to put it down to like one specific thing it's it's rhythm it's writing it's shot composition it's just it's just like the cues of like the humor and stuff it's 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 so much and it felt very lively and fun like i like i didn't feel i mean force awakens i think for the most part was was well directed. I, I would definitely, but say I don't think it was as well written. But it was definitely. It was another one where I like rewatching it. Like that was that's a pretty funny movie. Like Finn's really funny. Everyone's. I really like the characters. Yeah, people who are complaining about the comedy in this, go back. Like the first line of Force Awakens is, like, "You gonna talk? I'm gonna talk." Yeah, you gonna talk? I talk. <laughs> who talks first? It's like he's like Poe Dameron has never been serious. Like the most serious he is is in the Last Jedi. So and that's, the comedy is always there. And that's why that. Uh, prank phone call to Hux works so well to me for me is because that is who Poe is you know and there's a plot reason for it he's buying time for his thing to charge up you know and like he's gonna do that that's just how what he does so and I, I thought that scene was hilarious if I was a kid on the playground when uh, these movies came out I would want to be Poe like I'd be Poe I'm like the Poe of this group I'm kind of Poe like you know <laughs> it's just it's so cool it's like Han it's just yeah yeah. And do you guys feel like uh, what was I gonna say? 
I mean, do you feel like the comedy ever was too too much or too not in the wrong place or anything like that? There's exactly one joke that I think is funny, but I think tonally it was not right for the moment, and that's uh, her asking him to put on a towel. I thought I just thought that moment needed to, the gravity. Like I was like, that eh, took me out. But I think Ryan Johnson's a very funny guy. If you follow him on Twitter or if you've seen the Brothers Bloom, you yeah. know. I, uh, uh, so and I, I just and I think not only is he funny, but his uh, he knows how to do humor in a Star Wars movie, which is the most specific skill a human being can have. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he excels at it. I would I would maybe cut that joke. But that's like a nitpick. I thought it was very funny, and I laughed yeah. out loud uh, multiple times. Yeah, and that, that's one of the things I... It's like, I think that is another thing with people's expectations is for two years, for three years, since Ryan Johnson was announced, it was like, this is going to be the darkest movie I've ever seen. You know, this is going to be just three hours of a black screen. And, you know, <laughs> and and he never had that thought in his head, you know. <laughs> He's going to make a Star Wars movie and Star Wars movie. And Star Wars humor is so based around the situations and you know like empire is a funny movie but it's only a funny movie because most of the people are being total assholes to each other <laughs> like that's the that's where all of the humor from empire strikes back comes from it's it's han being a total douchebag it's yoda being a little asshole you know it's like that's where it all comes from <laughs> and 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 how could these people who are complaining now how could they have ever liked anything that happened on dagobah like, yeah, Yoda's completely insane. Yeah, no, I feel like He's a I've, Muppet. I've made this comment before, where people talk about Empire Strikes Back, like it's the dark one, but it's like it's got a little Muppet running around in a swamp at one part, smacking a robot, smack a robot trash can with his cane. It's like, it's, I mean, dark is relative. Like, they, I guess dark in yeah the scheme of Star Wars. Yeah, movies, but I mean, but... like they talk about dark. Like, I mean, these are essentially movies for children. Yep. Like, like we... Oh, uh, you didn't see the prequels though, okay? Because like he's got a lightsaber. It's like he fucking dark. Do you even kid. see Revenge of the Sith? Like that's dark Star Wars, and it's fucking stupid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, to go back to that shirtless scene, I thought it was important to have him be shirtless though. Because it's important to remember that while they have this connection, he also has a huge scar that starts on his face and goes all the way down his chest from when she almost killed him. All right. Yeah, I was all about that. Adam Driver, man. I, uh, I, yeah, let's a, talk I'm about Adam Driver for a second. Okay. Yeah. You, you, you all see Patterson? Not yet. Man, <laughs> best Jarmusch movie since Down by Law, and it's and his performance is excellent. And uh, Anyway, that's off topic, but <laughs> Kylo Ren... Um, yeah, I feel like the the arc that he's going through, uh, the the moment that I was uh, just completely on board was him uh, again destroying the old, destroying his uh, my first Darth Vader Fisher Price mask on on the <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, screen and uh, and having uh, I, I think yeah he he he's basically I I don't know if anybody else has brought this up but he's kind of. Uh, bringing to mind like what Hayden Christensen I think was meant to do was supposed to be yeah in Attack of the Clones (laughs) and Revenge of the Sith which is kind of having that angst and and that uh, you know borderline personality disorder kind of like you know dealing with the turning to the dark side and 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 being angry at uh, at the institution and being angry at family and 
and doing all that and i think adam driver does, and like hayden uh i i'm not you're not seeing the forest for the for the trees if you blame it all on hayden christensen but regardless i think adam driver just does it so well and uh and does it uh and uh yeah i just uh I, yeah good job yeah and, and then he's able to go from a, a petulant scene like that yeah. where he's getting chewed out because i love the part where snoke's like why stop wearing that stupid helmet yeah, i love that <laughs> but but the, he's able to go from scenes like that where he's like this angsty kid to also like like he's genuinely compassionate to ray like he doesn't know what's going on and he's like he's trying to let her into his world he's not just being like i'm gonna he's not hucks right he's yeah. not like i'm just gonna kill you because you're on the wrong side <laughs> yeah. and, it, and it all builds up to that moment at the end of the throne room sequence where like you think maybe ray will want to ally with him yeah. even though obviously she's loyal to the, her friends in the resistance you know this sounds like bullshit but i i genuinely wondered if the the twister was going to be wow ray's gonna turn to the dark side which makes me sound like an idiot <laughs> but I, I think it's just a no, credit no, to how no, good no. ryan johnson was. there's totally that part where where luke's telling her about the the hole in the island and he's yeah. like wow you just went right in there didn't you yeah <laughs> and, and daisy ridley sold that really well too i think uh uh yeah i, I think she carried that uh sort of uh, being surrendering to the force or or, or falling succumbing to it you know i, I think she kind of like she delivered on that very well and uh, i i think that's going to be more of what nine is about which is like she's someone who i guess can like sort of make a connection with the dark side of the force and not be consumed by it mm -hmm. um at least i hope that's where i'm going because yeah. i or where, where they're going i'm not writing episode nine unfortunately oh, <laughs> not that ass, dude. um there'll be a lot of mechs of shandra like oh my like, god robots <laughs> um but but yeah i like Obviously, Mark Hamill and Adam Driver and Carrie Fisher, those are like the great performances. Laura Dern as well. Um, but I think Daisy Ridley is doing a great job playing this character who has like such strong expectations and convictions um, in a world that's more complicated than that. <laughs> yeah, totally. I really enjoyed the. Because in Star Wars, we've had so many, you know, come with me, be my apprentice moments, you know. Yeah. Join, join me. But I got a different vibe from Kylo Ren's join me moment. It wasn't so much about like join me and we'll rule together. It was just like join me because I believe in you. Exactly. You know? and join me it's, because we can help each other. Yeah. And like – and I just loved that – all those scenes where they're talking to each other. It's just like – it just feels so much like it, it wasn't Kylo Ren trying to trick her. It was Kylo Ren being – I'm sad and alone, and you are too. Let's feel better about this. You know? <laughs> no, you hit the nail on the head. I think uh, I think that's what I like is is Adam Driver so vulnerable there. I mean, I just love all, and, and this was like one of my favorite parts about Force Awakens. You know, people had problems with the Han Solo death scene, but but that that performance from Adam Driver, it's just like he can make his face so vulnerable. <laughs> by being this enormous man, you know, like he's, and like the the shot of him in the in the cockpit of his ship, and you know, that was a powerful moment of him almost shooting Leia, you know, and he, you could just see his like lips are quivering, and he's just like, I need to do it, but I can't, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And he's so proud of himself that he killed Han Solo, even though you can tell, it it didn't pay off for him emotionally like he thought it would. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that manifests again when the Millennium Falcon shows up, and he's like, "Destroy that ship!" Yeah. <laughs> I, I love like because by by that by that time when they're on crate, like he's 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 gone. He's not redeemable. He's so pissed, <laughs> and I I just love yeah I loved all those things, and I love the line from Hux. Do you think we got him? <laughs> yeah. And then he gets thrown into a control pin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited for a supreme leader, Kylo Ren. That's gonna be cool to see him, especially if time. Pa- I really want time to pass between this and the next one. How much do you want it to be like an uh, Empire Jedi or, a, or no? Well, how, is it three years between A New Hope and Empire or what? Yeah, I think so, and it's only like one year between Re- Empire and Jedi. Yeah. I mean, I hope I hope as much as I mean, I'd love to see it jump ten years. I'd love to see it jump that much. But everybody has huge beards, also. Everybody has (laughs) Daisy Ridley has this giant beard. (laughs) We don't know; she might not be human. Yeah, she's twenty nine years old. (laughs) I just, I guess they kind of have they have to jump because the resistance now consists of like four people. Yeah, it's like twelve people. (laughs) Like everybody's dead. They can't just like pick up what happened. Like, well, we'll put up a sheet and people sign up if they want to be part of the resistance. Well, yeah. enough people by a Saturday. I feel like <laughs> Brian Johnson gave them an out though because they 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 do say that like our friends got our message. They just did. Oh, just come. bitches and then yeah. show. Uh, <laughs> got well, I mean, I thought I thought that that said that like they don't want to be part of the resistance. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, that could be the case. That's how I took it, which mm-hmm. seems bizarre to me. I mean, there's a lot of you know. <laughs> You know, in the books about uh, for for uh, to explain to Michael that is the sound we make uh, to signify someone nerding out over something way more than they should, like, like, to a gross extent, like, so much that they're salivating. They're so excited to talk about it that they're like drooling. I should say to do that before everything I say. <laughs> so if you if you go into the literature. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I think they, we blew up the literature, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, no, like no, we did not blow up the literature. <laughs> did you not? Did you see the shot of Ray having the books? Yeah, that was oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. So, but yeah, like, uh, it, there, it's it's really interesting the lengths they went to to make the New Republic not a thing and to make. To basically try to reset the button so it was the band of rebels against the giant empire, which is kind of kind of bothers me a little bit, just because like. Okay, can we, I tell you what my read on just like the state of the galaxy is based on these two movies and sure, none of the sure, books sure. and none yeah, of the yeah, video yeah. games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My read on it was, like, there isn't a galactic government. Basically, like there was this republic, but it was just this tiny thing off to the side. Like, they didn't even have a military, so, like, Leia went and made her own. And so, like, when that's blown up, there just isn't a government for the galaxy anymore. And instead, there's this one army chasing what's left of this other tiny army. And, like, that, it's not like they're trying to take over the galaxy. It's like, there's just, there's the resistance, and that's it. That's the only enemies they have. Yeah, and that's that's almost the case. Basically, there's, like, <laughs> basically, real quick, there was, there was, uh... People that, um, you know, 25 years after the fall of the Empire, people were kind of reminiscing uh, into their toxic indulgence of nostalgia. And 
And they, they would say, like, th there's two political parties, and one wanted a, a more powerful central government like the empire. And they were kind of, they looked back fondly on the empire, but they acknowledged, like, oh, yeah, Palpatine's like Hitler. He's a very bad guy. But, you know, if we could just do it a little bit differently. And Nazis without the Hitler. Yeah, yeah. And so, basically, people from that party secretly started supporting the first order and like and so the first order was like growing kind of in the background and leia was like hey this is not good we need to fight them and stuff and and the new republic fleet was like no they're okay they're, they're just doing their thing you know whatever and because it was basically a cold war up until force awakens mm -hmm. like that's really the big first like they were not fighting with each other uh, until they finished the weapon and blew up you know the the new republic and all their ships and stuff yeah and i i get like if you try to make that like an allegory for the way politics work on earth it like you might be frustrated but this is like this is interstellar right they have a whole galaxy like i'm sure you can just like go to a planet and take over it and it's like not that big a deal and the whole galaxy doesn't upend itself because that happens like i yeah. i allow that sort of thing to happen no like, i agree it's yeah. it's fine with me that like the good guys won the war, and yet they're, like, the minority at the start of Force Awakens. <laughs> yeah. And I guess that, you know, that also is hardcore nerd me wanting for years to see a functional New Republic and not getting it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm real angry about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how people felt after Vietnam, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so, yeah. Is there anything else we're glossing over or skip? There's so many parts to the movie. Porks. <laughs> Porks. Porks. I think it's one of those things that if George Lucas had, he would have just fucking ruined it. It's like it's like it's one of those things that you got to have him just enough. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just yeah. enough. He would have been a main character. He would have been George a bit porgy. Yeah, there would have been porgy. Yeah, Poor he me. would talk and stuff. He would, yeah, he would have like little subtitles and stuff, and he would try to steal some fruit from a fruit stand. Oh, like this is what Jar Jar did. So shit like that. Fall <laughs> <laughs> a big pile of poop. Be this horrible Rastafari. Yeah, they'd be like character. shitting all over the place and farting and. Stuff. I like that in this movie. A lot of like random new stuff that's thrown in. I feel like always has like a purpose. Like, like I, I was thinking about like in that final. What's that final planet? Planet called Crate or whatever. Yeah. There's those weird foxes, and I was like, oh, that's those are cool, but I guess, you know, like, if those are in a George Lucas movie, those would just be there to be there. In this, they had a narrative purpose. They noticed they were going in a certain direction to help them get out of the place. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I, I love the addition of new creatures and, and elements that serve a narrative purpose, not just because they're so cool to have that one thing. And even yeah. the stuff that looks cool, and like the uh, the salts that turns red, like that has a, a visual motif that reoccurs throughout the movie, and also the visual metaphor of salting the earth and you know, fitting mm -hmm. into like that's so good. Yeah, yeah. when I first saw that plan, I was like, oh, it's a snow planet, but then the guy like tastes it. It's salt. It's like what? Like, what? <laughs> he literally spat out his drink in the theater. I was like, John, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> one one of the things the first time. Uh, kind of bugged me was was that when they go to Canto Bight and the guys the drunk guys like putting his coins in BB-8 yeah and I was like oh that's kind of annoying but the second time if you look at the background all the slot machines are like round balls <laughs> that looks they're not like BB-8 slot machines but they're they look kind of like resemble BB-8 a drunk alien might confuse yeah. one for and it's not even a throwaway <laughs> gag he gets to use the coins as a weapon yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I love the sound of him rolling around and they're in there 
You think that would have messed him up a little bit more, but <laughs> also I think BBA yeah, is totally is totally up like R two D two with getting in the chicken walker. All right, yeah, it's actually like a robot character that like does shit. He gets shit done. Okay, well, if you remember in Bridge of the Sith, R two D two squirts oil over the ground and kills a bunch of droids with his jetpack. I, I guess, and that that's one of the things I've heard that oh people didn't really like him getting in the thing because it's too much like prequel wackiness. Yeah. But. I, I, I thought it was fine. That was the stuff I liked about the prequels, was having little bits of, uh, you know, they're in the droid factory and Urtu's got a little jetpack. It's cute. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess we haven't really said it, but, like, this is a adventure movie, and it does have, like, really great action sequences. Oh, yes. Like, I don't, I don't know if we were all just taking that for granted, but this has, like... <laughs> one of the best space battles in the series and maybe the best lightsaber fight in the series. And they don't even touch lightsabers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that throne room. I I can't wait to have it on home video so I can watch it twice and one time look just at Kylo Ren and one time look just at Rey. Because like, it's impossible to go back and forth. They're both doing like the coolest choreography. And you you can't focus on anything. I like to see them fight guys that actually know how to fight too. Usually it's just like stormtroopers and droids are always just yeah, those guys shit. Were, they're like butter. Yeah. yeah. These guys are like guys they know not, what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, they were not messing around. Yeah. And as for the dog the dog fight at the beginning or whatever what, what kind of fight you want to call that, like it, it was one of the few spaceship battles where I, I feel like I really had a good grasp on like, okay, this ship's down, this ship's down. That's showing you how many ships there are, this one's yeah. down, this one there's one bomber left, you know. They Yeah. They, it was really it was paced in a way that I could really kind of focus on. I, like I knew where they were at every step of the battle. I think that's like yeah. the it's like the, the George Miller Fury Road kind of thing mm-hmm. where you you are there's a spatial coherence to everything that's going on, but it's also exciting. So it's you know yeah. I, I was a little bit disappointed that we saw a bunch of A-Wings, but we really didn't see them do anything. <laughs> that was my, that's my nitpick. Yeah. I, I will also just mention really quickly, like, one of my favorite things that they've been doing, they did Force Awakens too, is they're not doing the, like, Star Trek Discovery thing of, like, well, this, the future looks like what we think the future looks like now instead of the way they thought in the 70s. Like, all the computers in this movie are, like, just, <laughs> like, cardboard with light bulbs poking out of it. It's so great. As it should be. They brought back the, the binoculars, too, the old school binoculars. It's not a Star That's Wars movie right. without a POV binocular <laughs> shot. It's <laughs> Uh, uh, the other, yeah, if we're just doing the kind of checklist thing, uh, I, again, I didn't go into this movie expecting to have any of those, I'm nostalgic, you know, I'm a kid again things, but the two that worked were Yoda, and then uh, when Luke uh, becomes one with the Force, looking out to the sun, that moment kind of rhyming with that moment in A New Hope, where he looks out on the two sons of tattooing, mm-hmm. and that being the bookends of his journey, that was, that was uh, I thought that was beautiful, so... Yeah, like, I was super pissed when he floated away. <laughs> he might not to be dead. He might come back as a guy, though. It's just like... Yeah. Yeah. The, first time I, the first time I was kind of like... I did, like, the... The Kel... Ah, oh, here it goes. Our emotion, you know. <laughs> In the theater. And then... Uh, but the second time, I, I really... I just thought it was beautiful. Um, Immediately, as soon as we got out of the theater, I got in an argument with everyone about that scene. <laughs> what? What was the argument? Well, they were, they were like, "Why couldn't Kylo Ren just kill Luke? Why did he have to do the astral projection thing?" When I and I was like, "You mean well, why couldn't Luke kill Kylo Ren?" 
No, no, no. They wanted. They're they like, if Luke's gonna die anyway, why not have Kylo Ren kill him? What? Why? What's the argument there? Why is that a flaw? <laughs> why, who gives a shit? That's so fucking. Stupid. No, I mean the 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 best thing about that is that Luke had his heroic moment, and he went out peacefully on his own terms. Yeah. Like like that's the best part of it. Like I don't want Luke to get stabbed with a lightsaber. <laughs> he just he's tired and he's. He's he's passed on what he needs to pass on, and he's good to go. And he died doing like the coolest thing we've ever seen anyone do with the Force. Yeah, yeah. it was awesome. Astro project yourself across the galaxy, <laughs> distract an entire army, <laughs> have a lightsaber fight where you can't touch the other person you're fighting. He died mm-hmm. doing what he loved. Here, yeah. Here's a here's a nitpick that I I don't. This is pretty small, but I'm, and I feel like it could have been a uh, used as one of the. Hey, something's different about this Luke. Why didn't I wish he would have had his green lightsaber during that? Well, isn't it implied that he lost it when, in like, when, it, when the he, death when, 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 when the when the hut falls falls down? Because he has his oh, green lightsaber when he's going to kill Ben, of, right? Yeah. yeah. And so the the astral projected version of Luke is like his idealized version of himself, right? And so it, isn't the lightsaber he has his original, like Anakin's lightsaber? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. I just love that green lens. I'm glad we got to yeah. see the green lens. We got to see yeah. a little bit. Uh, crazy Luke. <laughs> by the way, Crazy Luke, the second time, the flashback of that scene three times, the second time when it's Ben's POV and he looks so yeah. crazy. He has like yeah. purple eyes and, <laughs> and it's just like all wrinkles and stretched out. He almost out had a Palpatine gone. vibe. Yeah, oh, it's, yeah. That's, so, that's such an amazing visual. Can't that, wait to buy that action figure. That's Luke that's in his hut <laughs> drinking blue milk and going on Infowars. Like he's just, <laughs> he's just in his hut. Like. But uh, it's such a great way to show... Ben or Kylo Ren's like perspective is like there's nothing heroic or noble about Luke Skywalker. He's a monster. Yeah, yeah. Totally. and like I was like, oh, is he? Tr- is that right? Like maybe. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was believing that. You know, maybe. I love that crazy. three. The the sequence of three the three flashbacks because I was like, the whole movie. I'm like, I don't know who to believe. I don't know. Who, I don't know sure. You know, because I was like, oh my, because like when Ray's like attacking Luke, which is also a sweet choreographed scene. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't believe Luke did that. You know, <laughs> like I was ready to believe that he had like gone bad or whatever. You know. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah, and that's what's great about that is they can give you that ambiguity in that character without ruining him, which is yeah. counter to what everyone is saying on the internet. But yeah. to me, it totally <laughs> makes sense that like he's he had the uh, well, the way he puts it is like there was an instant like he regretted it the second he had the thought right yeah and, and yeah. like even that is enough to ruin it for him and and then like that hurt him so bad that he's like i'm gonna go and like this shit doesn't work i'm gonna end the jedi order and i'm gonna die like yeah he he like dedicated his whole life to repenting for that instant that he regretted yeah and that's totally consistent with the character because like we know that luke is not perfect mm-hmm. he's never been perfect and I totally can believe that he has a moment like that because he's, you know, even even though he's Jedi Master Luke, it's still like, he's still winging it. He's yeah, he's gonna, still, he, I trained with one guy for a day and another guy for maybe a week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like he's, his whole journey is just him learning about things. So for him to have that heavy of a doubt on himself is, is really consistent, I think. Mm-hmm. Sure. And Mark Hamill's fucking awesome. Yeah, Mark so Hamill's good. the best. Love like, I, I was telling Sean this 
that I was worried going into it, like, because you see all the press tour stuff, and any interview with Mark Hamill, like, Mark Hamill is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And, like, his voice is kind of graining. And, Take it back. But as soon as Luke <laughs> spoke, it was Luke. And it was, like... Like, I was... It sounds exactly like Luke Skywalker from Return of the Jedi. Like, yeah. I was very impressed with, with what he brought. I, I do genuinely think that the most underrated aspect of the original trilogy is... Uh, Mark Hamill as an actor in the technical sense, given how much he's interacting with puppets and, you know, like, he, I, I do think... do a one-arm handstand. <laughs> yeah. I, I genuinely think Mark Hamill's performances in those movies are, are uh, don't get enough uh, love, and uh, Last Jedi uh, I think is just such a nice little ribbon on uh, his whole... You still in and correspondence like, with Mark? <laughs> you guys know about Michael's Mark Hamill story? No, no. Uh, I'm not sure how much I can say. I I, uh, I I emailed him once, and he emailed me back. So, but why did you email him? <laughs> I uh, I went to the uh, same uh, high school as 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 Mark Hamill. We might have to cut this out. Uh, no, this is an emotional moment. <laughs> we might have to cut this out. I, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I went to uh, uh, the school that he went to in uh, Yokosuka, Japan. And uh, through means, I, <laughs> I was able to contact him. And, uh, and he sent me a very uh, lovely message. And uh, uh, Mark Hamill's uh, an, an awesome human being. <laughs> and also further props to him. This weekend, well, his big movie's coming out. And like he's probably going through a whirlwind of emotions uh he's also right now like calling out ted cruz on yeah. twitter for his bullshit <laughs> as we all should <laughs> as, as every human being is um yeah um i don't know i was gonna do like ranking them but i don't like off the top of our heads we, we can I like, feel like this would probably go the same way i would think but yeah yeah I'll ask Sean. I'd like to hear. My list right now would be Empire Strikes Back at number one, and A New Hope at two, and probably this one at three, uh, and then probably Return of the Jedi, Force Awakens, Rogue One, and then the prequel trilogy in the order of three, one, two, okay. and then and then the Clone Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what about the Ewok TV movies? I don't rank it because I don't think it got a theatrical release. Okay, fair enough. They probably did in like Germany, so in Germany this would be a very different podcast. I'm just gonna say that. I think I, I think I agree. I think that's that that makes sense. That order, yeah. No, I, I don't have nothing to add to that. That's how I'd go too. Does it? Do, did it, would anybody go differently? Um, I think I like A New Hope better than Empire. Interesting. You like a new hope? Where better than Empire? That's the only difference. I, I might too, actually. Now I'm, I'm, I'm already. There's a purity to it that I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's just kind of magic. Sure. <laughs> Even though I don't watch it that often, I don't know. <laughs> doesn't have the Imperial March. Doesn't have Lando Calrissian. Doesn't right. have the guy with the ice cream make, making. Yeah, machine. but as that guy who's just dressed as an astronaut, boss sizely kid. He's, to, he's an American he's, spaceman. He's my favorite character, so I think that's why. I always I wonder, like, did he almost one. get the job? Could we have had lame astronaut great. Neil Armstrong guy? <laughs> oh, let's get up in the ship, guys. He has nothing funny or witty to say. <laughs> no, I like just... that the devil is at the cantina. Oh, There's yeah. that shot of Satan <laughs> being there. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think... Uh, I don't know my exact order, but I would say that uh, some order of Empire and A New Hope is one and two, and then this is... Uh, I, right now, it definitely feels like number three to me, so... 
I um I don't know. I'm really struggling. <laughs> Rogue One, Return of the Jedi, yeah. Revenge of the Sith, <laughs> top three. Eh, I mean, I I don't really know where I put Last Jedi at this point. Like, I feel like I need to watch it more. But it, but and but my biggest thing is I love Return of the Jedi so much. Sure. As much as Sean tries to tell me it's a horrible movie, <laughs> I just like. Oh, Should I go I, back to my list? <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, Matt, we were just talking about Return of the Jedi before we started the podcast, and I, I think we we all came to the conclusion that it has some of the best things in the entire saga. But there's just those little kind of. <laughs> I, I mean, is it just the Ewoks that bother everybody? I like the Ewoks. It's not actually. the creatures themselves. It's just that they're there and they're just there and they're not really <laughs> doing anything particularly interesting there. Why doesn't Luke use the Force to press the button to cl- to crush the Rancor? Why does he throw a rock at it? <laughs> okay, like I, okay, I was telling, I was okay, Sean, Sean. <laughs> it is, it's much easier to throw a rock than to use the Force. I think the the Force is a lot harder to do than where people are throwing guns around with the Force all the time. This Luke is what? How far out from Jedi school Luke's that he? dropped out of he's it's easy to throw i can pick up a rock and throw a rock i can do it because you hit that button <laughs> could i hit the button maybe he used the force to make sure it hit it just right i'm gonna make a bold statement and say jedi one oh uh jedi oh. empire Watch yourself, man. <laughs> I don't know where you're going. Rogue Con. Wars. This shouldn't be that hard. Well, it's hard because, like, like I agree with Khan. Like, A New Hope has such a special place in me just from... I don't even like to rank them, man. It's just like... That's fine. Sure. I, I don't know why I fucking asked. That's such but a the one, the one, But the one thing I will say, and I, I'm just going to stick to my guns no matter how embarrassing it is, this time around... I enjoyed Attack of the Clones more than Revenge of the Sith. Well, you know, hmm. I will. That's s- not that controversial. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I think you're okay with that. Statement. I honestly, there's, there's there's so much. There is I I never realized how much walking and talking is in Revenge of the Sith. It's like <laughs> the movie is basically walking and talking. I, hey, I like, hey, it's also sitting and talking. Sitting and talking, <laughs> floating and talking. Like Attack of the Clones has some really fun set pieces in it that you just man you don't get in uh, Revenge of the Sith I think there I want to do a uh, I'll pitch this now but I I think there should be a podcast one day where I uh, I want to make a mild maybe not even mild make it make a kind of a case for the prequels which I think are very flawed but I think uh, I I would go as far as say that they might be misunderstood (laughs) movies I want to that's neither here nor there. But yeah, no, I, I guess you. Attack of the Clones has some fun. I like Obi-Wan being a detective and having a mullet. That's fun. <laughs> well, like, there's a lot of stuff going on in there. Yeah, prequels. You know, I don't think those, like, in the, in the grand scheme of all movies made, I don't think they're bad movies. They're just weird movies. <laughs> and it's tough that they're tied to, like, the greatest trilogy of all time, you the, know? Uh, and, I, and I think that the fact that we're getting new movies helps them a lot. Because yeah. we're, we're not so depressed that that's the last thing we're ever going to see. <laughs> I mean, people are talking about, oh, the next, you know, after Han Solo 
and then after that they're going to do Obi Wan, and it's Ewan McGregor has come back, and we're all excited for that. It's like I guess yeah. we did like Ewan McGregor, so there's there's yeah. things. It's not. I guess we like prequels. So. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> well, at least and I like you and McGregor. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of people love Rogue One too. That's sure, a prequel. that's a prequel. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I I don't buy this whole like prequel. Like, oh, if it takes place before Episode Four, it's a prequel. Like, I mean, it's a prequel. They're, to episode they're gonna four. they're gonna set <laughs> just <laughs> as many stories before Episode Four as they are after Episode. I, four. I think you're right, but I, I, to me, it's a prequel if like it can't. Like if there are characters in it that can't really change because we know where they end up, it's a prequel. Yeah, no, no, that's true. One of my favorite. And I don't, I don't buy for one second that Rogue One is a standalone movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's legitimately like a prequel to. You know. One of my favorite things in uh, Star Wars, like lore and in the fan community, is using the uh, the demarcation uh, BBY and ABY before Battle of Yavin, after Battle of Yavin, <laughs> say when stuff is. That makes me so happy. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> There's some really interesting Twitter threads with like with with, uh, with the uh, Pablo Hidalgo, this one of the story group. He's guys. great. Yeah, he's cool. It just he he has some great he because he hates that, <laughs> and he hates that that it's become an like because people are always wondering like is this an in-universe thing or just for reference or you know it's just like it's just it's it's you're supposed to just like it or not like it just experience it as a creative work (laughs) yeah which is really the lesson we've been trying to (laughs) this entire podcast yeah um so it feels ridiculous to be like the last jedi is in the theaters now (laughs) but uh we can at least uh answer our question what kind of movie is the last jedi i think a good one and a great star wars movie um and probably one if you listen to our top tens of the year you'll probably hear some more about well i'll I'll have to come up with something else to say about it uh but thank you for listening and you can check us out over at mildlyplease.com or look us up on itunes by searching the words mildly please and we'll speak to you next time <laughs>